Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome back to Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and I have back with us today, Dr. Shauna Jameson, Ayurvedic doctor, clinical Ayurvedic specialist, and Panchakarma specialist. Um, so welcome back. We're very happy to have you, and we're ready to learn more. Fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Laramay. I appreciate your asking me back. I'm excited always to talk about Ayurveda and especially my favorite topic, which is Panchakarma. Yeah. So today we are going to talk about Panchakarma, which is one of your specialties. Um, and it, it is an experience that I had with you about a month ago now, I guess. Uh, so, which is also why we wanted to do this to get the word out about this amazing, powerful experience and um, just help the world have a deeper understanding. So Perfect. go ahead and yeah, jump in and tell us what is Panchakarma. We'll start there and then okay. we'll, you know, branch out. Okay. Well, I'll start with just a little bit about Ayurveda, just a, a little tiny bit before I jump right in, if that's okay with you. Um, for those that don't even know what Ayurveda is, so um, Ayurveda is a relevant system of healing in our world today, and possibly more today than ever. It was first described around 5,000 years ago in ancient Vedic texts as a comprehensive healing and um, healing technique, and it's about preserving and maintaining health. Um, the fact that this ancient medicine is still in use today is a testament to the wisdom it holds when it comes to understanding the human potential for a happy and wholesome life. So one of the first things you will learn about or experience when starting to delve into the world of Ayurveda is the cleansing and rejuvenation process called Panchakarma, where you quite literally clean the slate and start anew. The main purpose of Panchakarma is that it eliminates accumulated impurities from the mind-body physiology, and it is essentially a detoxification program. So depending on each individual, it takes place over the course of several days, allowing plenty of time and space to rest and process the experience. Each step in your own individual personalized program is purposeful and it's meant to ultimately restore your body's innate healing ability. Your body already knows how to cleanse itself quite efficiently and is already well equipped to remove waste through various channels of your body. For example, through your intestines, through your blood vessels, through sweat glands and lymphatic system, and also through your urinary tract. So let's talk about what panchakarma means. Pancha in Sanskrit means five, and karma means action and refers to five different purifying and rejuvenating procedures in Ayurveda. These are the five classical elements that make up Panchakarma therapy as they were originally written. 
The first one is Basti, it's herbalized oil edemas. Second one, and we'll go into these a little deeper. The second one is nausea, which is nasal irrigation, done with appropriate oils for the individual. The third one is vomina, which is therapeutic vomiting. The fourth one is varechina, which is purgation. And the fifth one is rakdamokshana, which is bloodletting. Don't let those all scare you off because for some obvious reasons, most of the panchakarma treatments that are in effect today will not include therapeutic vomiting and bloodletting, but will normally include these. So the ones that we mentioned that, that you will have included are the bastis, which is a gentle cleansing enema, and they're self-administered with my support, and nasal administration, where oil is gently dropped into the nasal pa passage, and you have control of, of some of that. And then herbal oil massages called Abhyanga, which are 75 minutes. And um, the focus there is on the lymphatic system. Then Shuridara, which is about 45 minutes where warm oil is administered to the third eye. And this treatment is considered the king of all treatments in Ayurveda. And then we also will be doing steam baths. And in our case, um, they will happen in a natural private geothermal hot spring. And then the other thing is your personalized doshic appropriate specialized diet that you'll be receiving as well. So keep in mind, these are all powerful therapeutic processes and they're all based on the original five actions. So using your body's channels of detoxification, the entire program is designed to not only heal your body, but to facilitate a deep rooted release of stress that has sometimes been stored for years in the body. For many people, panchakarma ends up being an unexpected and powerful journey into the healing process. So shall we talk about the overall process or did you have any questions so far? Uh, well, I just wanted to, we, you sort of um, went into a little bit about our body's own detoxification pathways. And so I'm sure many of us sort of use these a little bit on our own, maybe by saunaing or even um, using a hot tub or um, dry brushing or Epsom salt bath. So uh, getting even a good sweat on at the gym is a fantastic way to detox. Um, but a lot of people don't think about, um, you know, and, and for a while there, I know there was, uh, or maybe it was just in my realm of learning about the therapeutic value of, of different enema treatments also. Um, but I think the thing for me that was most powerful, not the most, but one of the most was that all of these pathways were combined in one yeah. holistic approach. And for me, I, I had a five-day experience uh, with you at um, your your place, your very special magical eco-resort out there in the Black Rock Desert. And, um, and so it was multiple days in a row of repeating these processes in, in, in some variation. You know, not every day was exactly the same, but there was a rhythm and there was um, also a therapeutic repetition, which I think... Um, in our busy lives, we often don't really give enough credit and credence to about how powerful that can be, especially when you're going into it with an intention of, I'm open-minded, I'm ready to heal, I'm ready to release, I'm ready to let go of whatever no longer serves me and welcome in this healing and flow. And at least that was my intention because I didn't really know how really what to expect. Like I knew the broad brush strokes. 
but I just wanted to stay open-minded and really receive, you know, both from spirit and the environment and from you, like be a sponge and just receive as much as I could to really make it, you know, the most powerful thing that I could do for myself with my intention being that, you know? Yes, that's beautifully put. Thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. So yeah, these treatments um, aren't always exactly the same every day, but they do have variation depending on each individual um, of what they need. And some of these, these are very subtle energies that we work on. Like uh, in your case, if you don't mind my sharing, I'll just say we did a heart bossy. Um, And then you can express more on that if you'd like later. But um, they are very powerful and a lot of subtle energy and your intention can can make a huge difference and coming in with an open mind those are all really really good points uh to keep in mind mm-hmm. so they are very powerful and um but they're still based on the original actions so um which yeah. is thousands of years old I, I just you know as a reminder yeah. to everyone this isn't yeah. something it that's you know like trendy and flighty and (laughs) this is a very very old uh consistent practice in some parts of the world not so much you know the united states where you and i are but um you know in india this is part of how they live um or at least they did for thousands of years so yes and we're saying five thousand years but really there's some literature even going back ten ten thousand plus years and Uh, Ayurveda is really a science. It's not, um, you know, it's not snake oil or something we just made up or pieces of anything. It's been kept pretty well intact. And, um, you know, we still have many of the texts available, uh, all in Sanskrit, of course, most of them, uh, that we can utilize and go back and and say, well, I'm not really clear on this particular um, phase or this particular whatever I'm working on. So I want to get to back to the ancient text and really find out how this was done correctly. So um, yeah, I'm a little bit of both. I try most of the time not to speak too many Sanskrit words. And I once in a while have to throw a few in. um, But I always tell you what what it means. So Mm -hmm. uh, tell me if I get carried away with that. (laughs) So let's see. Um, So the process, let's talk about the overall process, what that kind of looks like. Um, there's three main components of panchakarma, and the first phase is called purvakarma. So that's the preparation phase. And this is where you'll be instructed about, I think we said 10 days for you, and in your case, 10 days before we did a T minus 10 and <laughs> counted down the days to your arrival date of what you were supposed to do. And mm-hmm. this is where you'll be instructed to take increasing amounts of ghee to lubricate your digestive system as well as to increase or stoke your agni, which is your digestive fire. And we'll talk, we talk about that quite a bit in Ayurveda. So if you become one of my uh, patients, you will know what exactly what agni means and the difference between it being high and low and variable. So this preparation phase is designed to prepare your body for the elimination of the imbalances. So basically we're getting um, all the doshic imbalances towards the central channel to be released during the panchakarma phase. So it's meant to soften the tissues and help encourage the release of stored toxicity. And you'll also be instructed to do a therapy called snehana, which is oleation, and that's oleating, putting oil on your body, both internally and externally prior to your arrival. Oftentimes you'll do your purgation prior to arrival as well. 
And um, so, yeah, that's the first part. You'll also be eating um, a specific diet, getting ready, getting prepared to um, really, you know, maybe stop drinking alcohol and, and caffeine and heavy, heavy foods um, and starting to prepare the body for what's next, which is the second phase. And this is a phase where you're, you arrive here at the eco spa where the main procedures or what we call Prada and Karma be begin. Each day there can be specific treatments scheduled in a specific order that is optimal for your personal cleansing. So you know ahead of time exactly what each day is going to look like just prior to your arrival is when I send you exactly what we're gonna be doing. And sometimes we do make a little change while you're here, but most of the time we, we are able to stick to the plan unless something else comes up. So um, basically what you'll be doing are those 75 minute daily oil massages, which is Abhyanga. And that's the external oleation of the body, which encourages impurities to start making their way out through elimination. And then on certain days, we may be doing Shiradharas, which are um, everybody's favorite. It's the king of all treatments. It's where you have the warm oil over the third eye and you're, it's about a 45 minute procedure. Feels really wonderful. It's great for uh, reducing vata in the mind. That's the, um, that's the hummingbird in vata that we say, you know, okay. moves fast. Yeah. Shiny object, shiny object, jumping from thing to thing and can't slow down the mind. Shuradhara is definitely very grounding and uh, slows down that vata mind. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Did you want to say something about that? Oh, just that first day when we did the Shiradara, I completely left this planet. I was so yeah. far. I was so deep and so gone. And like, you're, and I remember your voice, like it, it felt like it was far in the distance when everything was complete. And I'm like, oh, no, it just felt like a time warp. <laughs> it, it felt like no time had passed too. So it was yeah. wonderful and strange all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're you're taken on a journey if you allow it and it can be pretty profound and beautiful and and deep so um it is one of my favorites for sure and then of course the suedna which means suedna means sweating and that's the steam bath um and again we're, we're doing this in a geothermal pond and the this steam once you have the oil on helps to drive the impurities through your sweat glands and helps dilate circulation and speed up the elimination of impurities that have been loosened by the oleation from all that oiling process. And it's um, all happening while encouraging a state of relaxation, which we just mentioned. Then in the afternoons, we'll usually do, we do a basti enema. Sometimes it's um, two different kinds and we'll use special herbs to gently flush out the digestive tract and specific herbs are cooked into that enema oil that we're using, then I'm there to assist the patient who is actually inserting that themselves. And then we have nausea or nauseum, and that's the nasal application where specific medicinal oils are also applied through the nasal passages. And this clears the sinuses and allergies as well as calms your mind as well. And then we may be doing uh, for the fourth treatment might be a dobasti, depending on specific areas of the body that require special attention, both physically and emotionally and spiritually and all of it, all mm -hmm. the settlement. And uh, sometimes we will change something out 
around that. Um, there's many areas where we can do the dough busty. And then you didn't get to experience a pinda on this one. It all went so fast, but um, it's a bolus that can be with sand or customized with specific herbs and oils based on what we're treating. But it's it's like a little bolus and we use it to kind of gently tap oh. the body. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a um, stimulating. It can be mm -hmm. stimulating, but also relaxing and great for sore muscles and things like that as well. And then uh, thirdly, we have the post-therapy procedure of Panchakarma, which is called Pashatkarma. And um, these are procedures of rejuvenation. And we really use this time to rekindle and regulate the digestive fire, which is that Agni. And we help you implement the tools that you've been taught to sustain the feeling of clarity and lightness from all the impurities that have been removed from your body. And at that time, you'll be giving given your dosha specific diet if you haven't already gotten it prior and a doshic specific meditation doshic specific yoga and doshic specific pranayama which is the breath work and um you know you don't need to be sick to benefit from panchakarma if you're healthy then you'll become stronger and have more energy but if you are sick it will gently encourage you back to health in a natural way um of course, prevention is is ultimately the most important, and anything you can do to maintain a state of balance will help you in the long run and ensure a sense of health and well-being. So a uh, question that often arises is how often and when should you do panchakarma? So I thought I'd mention a little bit that. Traditionally, Ayurveda suggests doing panchakarma with the changing of the seasons. So that's about three times a year. We see um, the seasons as, as three. So there's vata se season, pitta season and kappa season. We talked about that in the previous video a little bit. Can you review those seasons with us, please? <laughs> oh, what, when they fall? Yeah. Well, we're in Vada season, right? We're now. in Vada, right. Okay. And then after that, when we come to the spring, the late winter spring, that's kappa season. The season, is, of course, is the summer season. So um, late spring, summer is peta so they cross over like we have four seasons usually they cross over a little bit into each one but technically think of pitta season as summer kappa as winter vada as fall if you think of it that way you got it okay sounds good yeah you know, fall to winter and summer spring so mm -hmm. uh kappa and pitta sh share spring mm -hmm. <laughs> a yeah bit, you know, kind of yeah. verges in and scooches over a little bit so that's pretty much how it goes. But exact dates, I would have to go look because they do have. Well, um, and there's a reason that you would, that this is encouraged to do at these times too, because our body is changing with the seasons. And we've talked a little bit, I think, about that on this podcast. I've talked about eating with the seasons and trying sure. to move and have different practices depending on what season you're in. But this is a really, really good example of because it is such a holistic approach it really helps bring light to again where i think most of us don't have awareness even if we try to be seasonal people and observe those changes this is like a deeper dive into really self observation and yeah. implementation with that um, style of living yes that's absolutely correct and it's so important that we eat with the season. So, you know, my favorite season is coming up here because I love pomegranates and I cannot wait 
for the pomegranates to come out. I could eat them all year long, but oh, I just love, 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 love. And so, you know, those foods that are going to be the most beneficial for us are the ones that come to us during those seasons. And now, of course, living in America, we get everything any time of the season. We're still getting pineapples, you know. Um, not so sure those are in season right now, but mm -hmm. we're getting them. Mm -hmm. So just being aware of those seasonal foods that um, spring, you know, that come come along. Uh, of course, your farmers markets are going to be the best because you're going to know that's is what's growing in your area, and you're going to get the benefits right. of all that. And that also applies to herbs. I just want to point that out there for everyone. So this obviously has to do with foods, vegetables, and produce, but definitely your herbs too. And Ayurveda definitely is an herbal approach for sure. But one of the things that I found that was really rewarding about uh, learning and practicing was the variety of flavors that were introduced to the food that I didn't normally use at all. And that right. now I've really be learned to enjoy um, and appreciate. So Herbs don't worry like about cumin, yeah. that just sit in your cupboard and you don't know what to well, do with cumin. I use, <laughs> I, cause I like stew, cumin I yeah. use, but there were definitely yeah. others like um, my, my ginger. I use honestly more in my hot baths than I did in the food that I ate. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, to promote yeah. some sweating. But if you yeah. take the ginger too, then you're really um, getting the internal tract, uh, if, if it's appropriate for your dosha. Uh, yeah. If you already have pitta, that's probably not the best. But um, for the other two, some ginger, tea, sipping on some ginger turmeric tea can be really, really helpful, through, especially through these transitional seasons. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, like yeah, cardamom, nutmeg, oh, all those, yeah, yeah really warm and nourishing. Like that's, I think that's the thing. I was like, oh, this really does feel nourishing as I'm eating it. Yeah, and and you were able to really experiment with some of those because we would lay them out for you when you uh, had your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner, and you got to you know sprinkle whatever you wanted on it that that mm -hmm. was in your dosha. Um, imbalances. So that was a lot of fun watching you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with the spicing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So yeah, anything else you want to share about your experience? Um, it was so I again, with my intention, I have a, a daily meditation practice. So I think th that is maybe something to think about if at your when people are coming into this, you laid out all the five limbs of yoga, essentially, that will be included. So the pranayama, the asana, which is yoga. So pranayama is breathing, asana is movement. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to what did those are the two like but then the others also so all of those will be included in your day whether or not they are now it's a it's a nice treat to be able to have that experience of it's really like a service to yourself it's a to me it was like an act of self-love like oh i'm finally giving myself the chance yeah to really have all of these aspects in my day not just okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning and do my meditation. And then I'll either I'll either do yoga or I'll do a workout Those That's usually how my day goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Assuming that I've had plenty of sleep. And when I wake up that I'm not, you know, I have the energy to do those things. Um, yes. So I really enjoyed that. Of course. And then during Panchakarma is a time really for rest and relaxation. 
during those, in, for instance, yours was five days. So during those five days, um, I know there was about by day four, you were like, oh, I feel like I want to go work out. So we did. We went and did a, a gentle walk around a, mm -hmm. a nearby lake. And uh, that was satisfying, I think, but not mm -hmm. um, hard workouts during your Panchakarma. That's the time to sort of disconnect from the world and be in nature for sure, but to be in more of a rest mode and let your body purge and, and release the toxins and the things that it's trying to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you, you yeah, did really with it all well and just noticing like when the restlessness comes up because um you know you're pretty off grid like there there <laughs> there are a few services where you are but sometimes they can be spotty and yes. so just being prepared to have a book to read i brought um a sudoku book so i could do sudoku <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. And, yeah. Um, I encourage people to do art, bring their art yes. projects, or I have art projects here as well, or music. I have a harp here as well. Um, but, you know, bringing, if you're not, haven't been playing your music, that's a beautiful thing to bring back in. So, um, yeah, painting, reading books, going for walks, um, all, the, all of those things can be included as well. But we really want this to be a sort of a, transition time where you're disconnecting from the internet, disconnecting from your phone, mm -hmm. disconnecting just for those few days uh, without all the, the modern technology rolling yeah. around, kind of taking it, care of you. It really is a creation of a beautiful space for self-reflection and being yes. able to ask yourself, okay, well, I'm feeling this feel like, so I'm feeling restless. I'm feeling like I would really like to go hike up that mountain over there that I can see, but yes. I know that I'm supposed to be resting and chilling and taking a break. So what is this feeling that's coming up and like giving yourself that permission and time and space to explore that. And uh, so, yeah, definitely journaling or expressing, you know, through music or art, I think would definitely be um, a very strong suggestion to anyone mm -hmm. that's thinking about doing this. Be prepared for that. Like, yeah. even if it's like impatience or any other emotions that might come up, sadness, um, you know, impatience, anxiety, um, any of those, you know, because it's a cleanse. So as your body, you know, moves out the toxins and the things that it's been storing, like you said, sometimes for years, it's natural for also it to for it to release and bring up emotions for you to process. Or the or the body or the mind wants to hold on to that and doesn't isn't ready to release it completely and and then just mm -hmm. being aware with it of it and then sitting with it uh, provides you the space for those things to work through as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that's really magical and special about your little spot is uh, the hot pond. It's a hot spring pond that you have on your property and um, it is not sulfur based. So it's not smelly, but um, it is beautiful. And there's lots of birds and dragonflies and little, little fish. And so there's definitely like an abundance of wildlife when even you're in this like stark desert environment up there in Northern Nevada. And so um, it's very magical. I, I really, I didn't know what to expect because I'd never spent time up there in that specific area. So it was a very pleasant surprise for me too. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. It really is. I, I love being here. And the beautiful sunsets and sunrises we have are are just off the chart. And then, of course, you know, we have 
it is one of the darkest places in America. It's named one of the darkest places. So it's a great place to see the Milky Way if you've never seen the Milky Way or, um, you know, notice the stars and, and you can almost reach up and grab them. They're so close. So um, that yes. part makes it really nice at night. And I think we did go a couple of times at night, right? We did, yeah. The first night, first night you arrived, I wanted to make sure you, you had that yeah. nighttime experience. And um, so, yeah, it's, you get to go in there more than once. It's yours for the week when you're here. So that's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So the Marma is, oh, okay. you know, the, the points on the body that um, are subtle points. How, how was your experience with that? How'd you feel with that? Oh, I enjoyed it. It was, I had not experienced anything like that before. Um, I've done acupuncture. So just to explain to our listeners, it's, it's like acupuncture, but it's not with needles. It's just Correct. your, you know, finger pressure on different points around the body. Right, right. So it's very gentle. Really powerful and profound treatment as well. So yeah, that, that yeah. was when I actually didn't, I didn't add here, but um, that's true, Marma. And that, so I also wanted to say, if I haven't said it enough already too, is that yeah. even all of these things are so powerful, they're so gentle. And I think yeah. that's also one of the things that allows it to be all the different aspects so healing because so many of us are coming probably to this from a some sort of aspect of burnout or fatigue or exhaustion or you know something like that even if we consider ourselves to be fairly healthy i know i came to you considering you know with a few you know chronic things that i thought i in air quotes had under control um and then there were some acute things that i that i wanted to work on and um the the healing and the reversal and just the complete, you know, resolution of so many of those little things that I just considered to be quote under control, um, that have reached complete resolution almost. Yeah. Vanished. It's a wonderful surprise in such a gentle way. And I think because there's so many things that we do in an effort to heal that aren't so gentle, they're powerful and harsh. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is not resists. that at all. And <laughs> yeah. when, they're, when they're harsh, that your mind wants to resist it and hold on to that too. So it was kind of neat to watch you all, everything pretty much uh, resolve itself. And uh, yeah, it really takes a, a strong person as yourself to come in with the intention of just being open. And sometimes I would say things you need to go and shake your head like, no, but then a few days later you go, Oh yeah, now I feel that I see that I understand that. And yeah. um but in it, you know, hopefully in the most gentle way. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. There were a, time, a few times where I was like, I definitely what? was like, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, yeah, like, you're very good at explaining things. And from the um, Ayurvedic perspective and that historical and ancient philosophical perspective, which right. I think really helps give, uh, lend more gravity to the why. It's not arbitrary. Like there is a reason why of all of the different aspects of this. And so um, having that reinforcement, I think, especially for a person like me who is rational, like I'm spiritual, but I'm still very rational and I like to right. know the why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Yes. Uh, yes. So yeah, yeah, that was, well, that I, I really liked it. You're, you were clearing and you wanted more clarity in, in what we were discussing, um, you know, and 
and it all went really well. I mean, it was like, okay, well, here's the why. And then you can decide if that resonates for you and you can sit with that and decide, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And so just so people know, just for context too, like leading up to this, I was um, a daily caffeine user and not a lot, but still daily, you know, it definitely in the morning. And then I tried not to have any in the afternoon, but usually I would have in the afternoon, at least two or three days a week mm -hmm. when I was on my work weeks. And then um, I enjoy my red wine. So mm -hmm. I would, you know, I, I would usually have two glasses about three times a week uh, with dinner. And so in that phase where we were leading up, I um, slowly, you know, weaned that down so that by the time I showed up at your place, I was, I had been out without, without caffeine for, I think, maybe four or five days total at that point. So not too long, but at least, you know, I had prepared myself to hopefully not have like caffeine withdrawal headaches. And I had yeah. been, you know, without wine for five days at that point too. Um, and I think that's important for people to understand. It's like, you're not asking any of us to give up anything forever. It's just give your body that space to not have a rough time. Like the more time you, you know, you're gentle with your weaning down and then you have the space the space of abstinence, and then you can bring it back in as you feel appropriate. And so just also so people know, I haven't had caffeine since then. So now I'm just doing decaf coffee. I haven't had any caffeinated tea since before the Ponte Karma. Yeah. So that was crazy for me, especially yeah. because it has struggled with adrenal fatigue for so long and just feeling so exhausted and fatigued for honestly, over two years. Um, so that's probably like one of the biggest, there's a lot of amazing things that have changed and resolved for me. But in terms of if I, if you had told me at the beginning that I would be like, I don't need caffeine, I'm good. I would have been like, you know, whatever. Okay. That sounds, you know, like a fairy tale, but I, it wasn't right. an expectation. I think <laughs> I, I just suggested it to you too. I don't even think it was something that I, you know, you for sure had to do before coming here. But um, I think you could pretty much took that on yourself. I may have made the suggestion to maybe start weaning off of it. Um, but you did that on your own, and which was beautiful, because then when you did get here, you weren't going through caffeine withdrawals on top of trying to purge everything else, you'd already nailed that one. And now you were getting clarity each day as you were here more and more clarity. So that was that was on you. <laughs> you did awesome with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so we're, these... we're not against coffee or or wine, um, per se. It's just during the cleansing process, we just don't want those added. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So there are... and for yeah. certain reasons, right. And we don't believe we do believe that uh, everything on the planet, all food is medicine for some and poison for others. And at certain times, just not the best thing while you're doing a cleanse. So it's more like that. It's not like we, we say, Oh, no meat, no, no red wine, no coffee ever. Mm -hmm. You know, there's appropriate times for that for you. And then you decide. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so that's the other thing is that's just another level of the gentle approach that this takes, sure. which I, I definitely want people to understand that these are suggestions that have benefits, but you know, we all are just where we are and 
we do the best that we can where we are, wherever we are at that time. So at every moment. Yes. Yeah. True. So yes, yeah. you did really awesome. well with it. I'm very pleased with the outcome that you had and I hope we can continue. Yes. Well, thank Hopefully you. You'll do another one soon. <laughs> yeah. <next> season change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So um, I don't know. I don't have any more questions. I feel like that was a really good overview. I feel that that was a really good introduction. Um, this almost would be one of those fun episodes to do live so that we could have a live Q and A and we could take callers at this moment. But that would be maybe fun. Yes. <laughs> we'll maybe do that we can on do a follow up. Yeah. Sure. Sounds um, like a good plan. Yeah. So uh, make sure that we tell everyone about your website and where to find you. Uh, www.shyanasprings, S H Y E N A S P R I N G S, shyanasprings, ayurveda.com, all ran together. And if you go on there and you subscribe or leave me a note, I can give a uh, 50% off um, little pre-consult if you put in there pre-consult 75 or pre-con 75 and then leave your number I will contact you and we can do a little pre-consult and see if you would like to work with me or come have a punch of karma yes and so that'll all be in the show notes and um yeah. Thank you so much again for being on the show and for all of your wisdom and, and um, practical, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's oh, it's really so lovely. Like the, the way that you bring this information forward and make it approachable and understandable, uh, especially for such an ancient tradition that could probably come across as very esoteric. So yes, and oftentimes yeah. you will hear that it does. And so I'm trying to keep things simple and in English for most of our listeners. Um, it's very easy because we are we learn a lot of Sanskrit. It's like learning Sanskrit and going to medical school at the same time. And you come out saying these words, and then I hear, you know, these new these people speaking, and then it's too much Sanskrit and you've already lost your crowd. So hopefully they didn't, didn't do that to you. Um, but I really appreciate you, Dr. Lara, and your beauty and your light and your shining soul. And it was such a pleasure to have you here. So thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Really appreciate uh, it. It's my pleasure. So much. Thank okay, you. Bye, everyone. Namaste. Namaste.